were gamers without starting with the term technical difficulties. Please stand by. <laughs> technical difficulties, a podcast featuring Andrew, JJ, and Michael. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Good to be back again. Uh, how was your How was your E three wrap up? We did We did a mid E three. Our impression was that it was meh. To borrow a phrase from another we were gamer. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we'd I, per- been, I permit uh, this usage. <laughs> we'd been digging for hidden nuggets in among all of the, the hype. But then then uh we missed the Nintendo video. They brought out a video right after we talked. So thoughts? Uh it seemed not bad, uh as long as the thing you most wanted from Nintendo was a whole lot of Smash Brothers. Because there was a whole lot of that. Yeah, they <laughs> delivered. I definitely think the people that want Smash Brothers want a whole lot of Smash Brothers because they've been waiting. And for some reason, we're not satisfied with a Wii U having it. Oh, go ahead, Michael. I was going to say, yeah, I, I might know someone who pre-ordered their copy before the Nintendo Direct was even over. Yeah, it, it, I'm sure that it will be a pretty good game. Uh, you know, Nintendo doesn't really make stuff that was that bad. And, and I think Smash 4 was well-liked, right, by the community? Uh, I don't follow the Smash scene really at all, so I can't, I don't want to speak to that. But at least it was being played, right? So far as I know? It's sold to people that had Nintendos. I think that they sold, you know, but the Wii U install base was tiny. So I think that more people probably even bought it on the 3DS than they did their Wii. Yeah, and I, I guess, you know, the Wii U sucking is really the, the albatross around that neck there. Um, but, you know, it looks like this one uh, should be what people want. It has literally every character from the franchise ever, <laughs> including somehow Solid Snake and uh, Cloud. I don't know, whoever else. Uh, it looked to me a lot like the most recent Smash. I mean... I don't know if yeah, that's just graphics of- having staggered or sta- stagnated is the word I was trying to say. Not staggered, but like, or they, they it's a whole new game. They're not reusing it, right? Yeah, the game is all new, but I think in, in service to what a lot of the fans like, they brought back not just a lot of the characters, but a lot of the stages from previous games that have been very popular. So l- looking at some of the promotional stuff, you're going to see a lot of similarities. And I think actually that will wind up being a good thing rather than cutting something out of you know whole cloth to make a new game. I'm sure that it will do well uh, because there are definitely, as you said, Andrew, been so many people clamoring for a new Smash. Uh, And since it does look like it is a new game as opposed to just the Smash for Wii U HD or whatever, uh, which I don't know, it was HD before. What does that even mean? But, you know, it wasn't just a port of that game. So I'm sure that should quell the community somewhat. Do you think that it will outsell Breath of the Wild on the Switch? Hmm. Because I assume that's got to be their leading sales. I'm going to say no. Yeah, I don't know how many units Breath of the Wild has sold, but Smash does have longevity that Breath of the Wild probably doesn't. So, like, by the end of the Switch's lifetime, maybe? Because the competitive scene, will, if, if it catches on, will keep playing that game for years and years and years. Um, so I don't know. 
But hard to say, right? Like, who knows? We're not, we're not Nintendo business people. <laughs> we're not generally business people. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and we're definitely not Nintendo ones, so. Though there are days. Well, did it change anyone's opinion of E3? I think slightly, but not overall. I mean, I was happy to see some of the other stuff they announced. It just wasn't like they showed a tiny trailer for 10 seconds and they were like, I am on to this other thing. Right. Uh, you know, it looked like they announced what amounts to a sequel to Armored Core, which is cool. Uh, you know, so that's interesting. There definitely haven't been any of those in a long time. Yeah, I'm down for that. I'm down for more Armored Core. Armored Core was good stuff. And uh, yeah. it looks like, unrelated to Nintendo, the Ace Combat team dropped a trailer for that game, which they said is coming to PC finally. Heck yeah. Oh. Yes, Ace Combat 7. Simultaneous release across the board. We don't have to bounce back and forth between the systems now. Yeah, that's that's good. I still think I'm most interested in Metal Wolf Chaos, but I mean, that's... <laughs> Ace Combat is a game that should have been on PC a long time ago, right? All so, of it. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime of E3's, uh, I've got a homeowner's minute. Okay. I don't know if anybody else wants to follow this up, but... Uh, in between, uh, you know, like watching streams of that sort of stuff, it was kind of a busy week over here. Um, I didn't have a lot of time, but I did. I want to talk about projects, and this applies generally to, to some things, but in my case, it's particularly related to curtains. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes understanding the nuance of how something works doesn't mean you've understanded the expense understood understanded i'm around three-year-olds too much uh so like i know how a curtain works it sits on a rod mm -hmm. and then you whisk it back and forth really fast and you yeah. block the window right mm -hmm. so you go into it thinking well i'm gonna get these expensive nice rods and we'll get some nice curtains and one will be more expensive than the other, and that's two ex two things you have to buy, and then you're done. Okay. Is this about to ask and talk about the fact that curtains come in panels? Or the fact that they also sit on rings? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And rings aren't with rods, and rods mm. and rings then have to match... And but then when you yeah. match the rods and rings, you spend almost half again as much for rings as rods. It depends on what kind of curtain you want to do, but yes. You can buy <sighs> ones that are like fitted rings or whatever already, maybe, but it just depends on the kind. Yeah. But totally, I, you're right. It's It applies generally to everyone with your projects uh, in homeowning. You can get in over your head really fast. <laughs> really fast. <laughs> <laughs> with yeah. something as simple as a curtain. Oh, maybe we should have done the panel ones, but we decided to try and get these ones that would cover that huge front window that we have uh -huh. uh, in just two sections and then have a smaller rod behind the bigger rod. And it did, did all this to say things get expensive really fast if you don't pre-plan and ask an expert first. Uh, were you trying to do like an outer curtain and like an inner curtain kind of a thing? That makes uh, 
some stuff yeah. more. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. The I, rings, guys. The rings are so expensive. I very specifically didn't do that because it seemed complicated. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at least the expenses of all this killed my dreams of having it motorized very quickly. Okay. So it brought me back down to earth, like, uber fast. You know, regular curtains, regular screen doors. You don't need to have motors on that stuff. It builds character to move those around. Yeah, I'll make my kids do it. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they're homeownering? I think Uh, we were waiting on a stand for somebody. A stand? stand. Yeah, I think you had something that needed displaying. Oh, that's true. I did do that. Yes, I... Thank you for reminding me. Yeah, there. Uh, so uh, we completed the Lego uh, Millennium Falcon here, uh, like a couple of weeks ago, maybe now. Uh, and we ordered this stand for it off uh, the internet from a company in the UK. Uh, and apparently, it's the same one that they use in, or some of the same ones that they use in the Lego stores to display it. So if you've seen this, the units displayed in the stores, it's likely to be this same stand that I am using. I, or I had very to see similar. it in a, I had to see it in a store because I put one of the little our little kids in front of it just to prove that it was bigger than a child. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it's it's bigger than a child for sure. Uh, so, uh, I, the stand came packaged very nicely in this like bubble wrap and stuff, really easy to put together. But after putting it together, I realized that it is a sharp angle that it is attempting to hold the ship at. Uh, It necessitates taking off a couple of the feet from the bottom to kind of give it some grips, essentially, where the stand holds the ship. And then you kind of lay it on a real good, like, 60-70 degree incline here. Ooh. And so it's kind of just resting there uh, now on the top of my bookshelf. Some rake on it. Yeah, some real rake. Uh, you know, it, it's not like, uh, I'm trying to think what the ship term would be. There's no yaw. It's just literal, like, flip. What is that, roll? Yeah. Left to right? Uh, if I had it flat, let me see. So the front of I'm the I'm turning around Falcon. and looking at it here. Uh, yeah, it, it's like 70 degrees rolling left if it was pointed away from you. Right. Okay. Correct. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, so we got that together. Uh, by the, putting the thing together itself, very simple. Uh, putting it on the stand, absolutely a two-person job. So the thing is huge uh, to lift anyway. And then you have to, like, find these little slots on the stand and, like, carefully lay it down so that you're not breaking everything or letting it fall apart while you do. Uh, and once it's on there, it's kind of okay, but it, the thing is heavy and unwieldy. So, like, getting it on top of the bookshelf was stressful. <laughs> um, it's it's got to be their their best-selling stand to date, right? Gosh, you know, I don't know. It wasn't cheap either, so... But, I mean... Yeah, because there are how many Lego stores, and every one of them presumably has this displayed in it? You know, or or maybe these guys are selling the one that the Lego store made custom, but they're, like, doing their own version of it. I, you know, I don't know. 
Um, is it clear? Is it like that clear plastic or is it more like a Lego designed thing? Yeah. So it is like an ac- acrylic clear plastic. The base can come in either clear or black plastic. And then there's a little add on piece in front of it that holds kind of like the, the card and the minifigures. Oh, and the stuff. UCS card. Yeah. Cool. Um, and you know, it looks great. Uh, but I'm fairly certain that if there's another earthquake, this is just going to fall and shatter to pieces on this floor uh, and be gone forever. <laughs> well, we'll Not the stand. The stand will be fine. The Legos are going to be gone. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll be there to cry with you. Did you guys ever see that? Uh, there was a video someone posted several years ago where they had built the Lego Imperial Star Destroyer, the giant one. <laughs> And they took a slow motion video of dropping it from like five or ten feet up point first onto a hard floor. Oh my God. And you just, <laughs> you watch the whole thing shatter into pieces in super slow mo. They would be finding pieces of that for years. Yeah, it's actually, they, you know, they, they set it up in a studio kind of thing. So it was a totally empty room, but. Like intention, they intentionally did this. Yes, yeah, this was done intentionally. Okay, this it's, brings uh, me t- to a question: uh, How annoyed do you guys get by "Let's drop this" videos? Like when the Nintendo Switch comes out and there's a nine million, does it blend? I dropped it off my work's four story building into a parking lot. Uh, I poured my Diet Coke all over it. Like, what is the point? Hey, if if people want to throw their money away, I'm not going to stand in their way. I mean, the point is obviously YouTube videos, but I'm, yeah, I mean, look, it capitalism says you can do whatever you want with your property, I guess. It just doesn't make any sense. What are you doing in that respect? I don't know. Um, yeah, it seems dumb. I, I used to watch the Will It Blend videos, but eventually once I realized everything blends, it stopped being interesting. <laughs> There's never anything that doesn't blend. <laughs> Pretty much, when you have a heavy duty enough blender. I think that that's the title of yourself, uh, your memoirs, right there. Everything blends. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Whatever. It, they don't make me mad. I, I understand there are some people who out there who are like really want a thing and then can't get it because you know there's some small number of them being destroyed for YouTube videos. But I also, that, eh. yeah, I don't think that that impacts the. It's not going to impact the stock factor. I just think it's just a waste of of mental energy for all involved for the you know hundred thousand people that watch those things. Like, oh yeah, I don't know, man. They must want you know. Maybe it's like watching cop videos. You know, cops is I still mean, on the air. You know, if those people didn't get money and big hits off those YouTube videos, they wouldn't do them. So, yeah. I don't know. Whatever. I assume they pay for a second switch. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Nice. Or they paid for the next phone or the next thing or whatever that they're destroying. So Right. Yeah. I don't know. I want to move on to a semi-positive landscape. I hope it's all positive. But I haven't had a chance to prove that it is. Because I'm staring at a nine-page or more list of things that are changing in Battletech. Yeah. 
What the Battletech is Podcast returns. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome so to was... We Were Gamers, a podcast about Battletech. I'm JJ. <laughs> yeah, That's and Andrew. I'm Andrew. <laughs> Michael's still Michael. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> so I'm I'm assuming there was a patch put out. Well, so I don't get no. Well, so it is released in the the public beta update branch for Steam and GOG. So anyone can opt in and get this patch now. Um, Does it patch you your full in. game? Yes. So you don't have to start a separate beta client. No. It will patch your Steam installation up to the new beta branch and then presumably when you okay. switch when it's done and you switch back to the main branch you will not have to do anything again because there will have been no change. But that doesn't mean there won't be some change and you'll have to download a bunch of stuff again. Who can say? So should I switch? Because I don't really understand that. And that's why I was con- I was confused as to whether this was a good thing. Because the, the, the cliff notes on this look good. But I wondered why the heck they went to beta with it instead of just putting it out wide. So and- I suspect they are pretty confident in all of the features and stuff in it. There are some new features, some new content stuff. Uh, some balance changes, stuff like that. I suspect the reason they're doing this is to check for weird performance and, like, uh, incompatibility issues. Look, nothing's going to make the performance worse. Uh, and they claim to have made it much better. They have also made it possible to speed up your actions in a lot of ways, uh, giving you a lot more control over difficulty settings. I've just gotten to the point, though, that even with all my saves deleted, it takes five minutes for stores to load. Yeah, they actually specifically call out uh, save state uh, stuff as one of the things that's improved. Oh, okay. Uh, yep. Uh, so that's definitely something that is uh, changed there. A so bunch of given, quality of life. You oh, given this a, like a heavy look over? Yeah, I've definitely read through uh, all of it. I don't know that I've like taken it to heart, but I know <laughs> what's in there. I've gotten about a paragraph in, so give us the rundown here because I. I'm overwhelmed. So I think first uh, they've done a lot of work to add ultra wide monitor support, which maybe is something that is not necessarily that applicable to you or I. Would but not I know they're on the high high hopes list. Yeah, but there are definitely some people who straight up could not play the game in their monitor's native resolution before, uh, and that sucks. So they fixed that. Uh, that's available now. Uh, they changed a bunch of difficulty settings stuff. So they basically allowed you to fine-tune the difficulty settings a lot more from what used to be available. Uh, you can change to enable that if your mech warrior dies, they're just always dead rather than there being a chance that they survive. Uh, you can change the way mech destruction works, where if you blow up a mech from the center torso, there's no chance for any salvage. The mech is just gone. Oh. Uh you can change it so that rare items no longer drop in your salvage, which I don't know why you would want that, but that's definitely a thing. Uh, you can change stuff about like the amount of con the payments you get from contracts, the amount of salvage you get from contracts, the, the generated nature of that stuff can be changed in some amount of uh, spectrum. Huh. So you know, that's like a bunch of difficulty settings. They've added ways. Another very common complaint was that the game kind of just took a long time in between actions. 
You can accelerate the current action with the space bar to just like speed up the current action and then it returns to normal speed after that. Or then there's an actual mode which just speeds up everything all the time. Uh, and they've also tried to generally improve combat animation and stuff across the whole game. So that is like one of the main complaints I've seen people have against the game. Yeah, uh, once you get about three quarters of the way in, you just kind of want things to go as fast as they possibly can. Right. Uh, they've done some quality of life stuff in the mech lab to like kind of help you out. Uh, you can buy and sell things from the mech lab tab to a store without leaving the mech lab, uh, which is really helpful in terms of like, oh, I really just need one more laser here or an extra SRM6 or whatever, uh, that kind of stuff. That's some nice quality of life stuff. And then, uh, you know, they did some more performance optimizations, some UI stuff, more uh, fields, a lot more stuff that lets you customize more characters. Uh, and then they made a bunch of balance changes, like straight up, you know, tweaking numbers on things. And balance matters because of the multiplayer. I assume this rolls into the multiplayer. Right? Yeah, I will absolutely assume that it does, uh, because the stuff they changed is like very core to some of the systems. They've increased stability. Uh, on all of the mech classes higher than light. So huh. um, medium mechs are now uh, have 130 total stability, heavy 160, assault 200. All of those used to be 100. 200? Yeah, so assaults are now much, much harder to knock down. No kidding. Yeah, uh, and, you know, mediums and heavies also are improved in that respect as well. Lights are not improved, but they d did get extra difficulty to be hit, um, and... Beyond that, it seems like they reduced heat on nearly all weapons, except for medium lasers uh, and small lasers, I think. Um, but almost everything else had their heat go down either somewhat or a decent amount. I saw that they were kind of adding like a recoil to, to uh, missiles and machine guns and stuff like that, or how does that work? Yeah. So it, there's a, uh, they're changing the way called shot works with multiple hit weapons. So SRM, machine guns, uh, LRMs, those sort of things. Uh -huh. And you lose half of the called shot bonus with each successive shot. So, uh, if you called, if your called shot bonus essentially gives you like a 90% chance to hit one particular thing, then the next, the next missile gets half that, and then half that, and then half that, and then half that. So it sort of widens the arc for missiles a lot when you're using called shot. Huh. Um, you know, you shouldn't have been using or shouldn't have really have been able to use missiles in kind of a direct fire targeted way anyway. Um, so, you know, that seems like a pretty good change. I was definitely using SRMs and LRMs with called shot very effectively. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so now they will be kind of more for only, well... Not for uh, only knocking people over, but the ar the damage on them will be spread out a lot more uh, than it used to be. So, you know, those are some pretty sizable changes there. Um, yeah, and then a whole huge list of bug fixes. I and just wish I had obtained more assault mechs before this change. Well, I don't think there's anything stopping you. Well, uh, they're going to be really hard to knock over now. <laughs> Well, you know, shoot off the legs. It works real good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I also saw in here the king crab has opened its claws. 
Uh, I'll just assume that that means that the mech model no longer has a closed claw hand. It has an open hand. Okay. I don't know what that means. I don't either. But I thought I would ask it as the lead out question from <laughs> from. This. Yeah. They definitely have some uh, some interesting stuff in there. You know, the customization stuff is cool. It's crazy uh, long. Yeah, it's a huge list of changes. So uh, if anyone was ever on the fence waiting for them to fix stuff, it looks like stuff has been fixed. I'm sure there will be. Okay, so how do you opt into this? I don't even understand. So if you are in Steam, uh, there's a little menu in your... You go to the your library list there. You find Battletech, uh, and then you can right-click on it, and it brings up a little menu with properties, and under that properties, there is a betas tab, oh, okay. and then you can opt in from there. Uh, and it is public, so you just opt in. Anyone who has the game can opt into the beta uh, and check out all these changes. Nice. And then assuming once they push it out to the non-beta tab, you could switch back. Or not. I guess you could always stay on the beta. You could. Right on. Yeah, so that's exciting. Uh, is that going to entice you to change your play any, Andrew? Um, I'm definitely be hitting space bar. Yes, me too. <laughs> I mean, this looks like it lowered the heat on pretty much everything. Spacebar being that it heats, it seems like that's what they use to speed up the yeah combat. Um, so I pulled up when you said they were changing heat. It looks like the ER large laser has been reduced to twenty five, and the large laser was reduced to eighteen. I'm definitely going to be adding more lasers to my mix because that heat. Yeah, the change to the large laser specifically is like one of the biggest ones. Uh, so maybe they will actually be worth using now when they were super not worth it before for the heat. Uh, the ER large laser is lost tech, uh, but it is possible to get some of them sometimes, uh, assuming you don't lose it. Uh, and then maybe now you will actually want to use it because it won't cost you your entire heat budget to fire once. <laughs> yeah, you could finally um, not have to run through as many heat sinks, hopefully. Yeah. yeah that'll be good. I'm I'm interested in trying this out. Yeah, for yeah, sure. definitely. Well, what's what's on everybody else's docket? I I want to get back into BattleTech and and um, Fire Emblem this week. Uh, well, I've been uh, not too much to report on the played front. I've just been chugging through some more of Trails in the Sky, uh, second chapter. But I, I did see something interesting today that I wanted to mention to you guys um, because it, it definitely seems to go against the tide of gaming these days. Um, Octopath Traveler, upcoming uh, JRPG yeah, for the Switch. Nintendo E3. Yeah. Video? Yeah, they teased a demo. They said you could carry your demo into the full game, which I definitely appreciate uh, when developers do that. Now, is it like... You started this thing, and you get to continue it, or is it more like Bravely Default, where you just got items from doing the demo? I don't know if they gave enough details to know. JJ, I don't know if you saw anything, but I didn't I, get the sense one way or the other. 
I have not seen anything, but my understanding is that the demo is like chapter one of the game. But the way the game is built kind of encourages you to replay stuff with different characters, do the whole eight path thing. So I'm not sure if it's like chapter one for all eight paths or like only one path or some subset of the path. It's not clear to me. But I think the demo is out. Yes, the demo went live, I think, day of, uh, day of the press conference. But the news I saw today, the developers came out and announced officially that there will be no DLC for the game, that it is quote-unquote complete as it is. Ooh. And that's a, that's a spicy quote to make, right? Yeah. Just, just because you know, like, oh, well, when that first patch comes out, what does that mean? <laughs> well, more... More interesting, given that I think Reggie gave an, Reggie from Nintendo of America, Reggie, gave an interview this past week and said that he sees nothing wrong with loot boxes. So I don't know if that means that he has some sort of idea of direction for these upcoming games for the system or not, but I wonder if that means that uh, certain developers don't have any interest in that. Well, I'd, I definitely don't know that I would put Square Enix in that camp. They've definitely had loot boxes in games before, yeah. so uh, they're certainly not immune. But it sounds like they don't want to do them with this Octopath Traveler. I'm just uh, a little and sad that maybe we won't get a system that is immune. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, definitely a bummer. But I mean, you know, games like FIFA and Madden are coming to the Switch and... There ain't no way those aren't going to have their, uh, I guess their card packs in that game, but it is absolutely loot boxes. Yeah, it's too much a really? part of gaming to, to, I think, cut it out altogether. Huh. I didn't know that FIFA and stuff had loot boxes. I guess that makes oh. sense. Oh my god, Andrew. The like, card thing in FIFA and in Madden is like the only reason I assume those games are profitable. Well, they had to find a way, right? I mean, who was playing yeah. sports games in 2018? Yeah. Uh, and this has been true going back for years. Even like on the years of the Xbox 360 and the PS3, those games were huge into loot boxy card pack type stuff. So, you know, uh, it is cool that the current generations of those games are coming to the Switch. That's news that they weren't doing that before. Um, but yeah, you know, no one is immune. Uh, and then I, another tidbit about Octopath. I don't know. Did you guys see that they are pricing it as a full-priced game? So this is a $60 product? Yes. Was it not intended to be? I, You know, sometimes people get opinions about things that look like they're kind of pixely arty or whatever, and they go, oh, I, yeah, this is an indie game or something, and so it shouldn't be that cost or whatever. I uh, think... I think we're headed for a direction, maybe, where content-wise, the games are as lengthy as they have been, but graphics-wise, people might be looking to find a way to make things less expensive since they've done enough research to show that no one wants to pay more than $60 for a game. Mm -hmm. So, 
where do you start to make profit in a world where you need to start paying people more? Totally. I just thought it was interesting that they, you know, they they had to come out and say it as though it was like some kind of question. Yeah. Uh, I guess maybe because you look at it and you think it looks like a 3DS game a little bit. And so you're expecting it to be 45 or something. Right. And I think that was really what they were trying to get out in front of. Hey, this is going to be $60. It's the full game. There's no DLC. Don't worry. Right. Right. Yeah. You can definitely imagine a world where they're like, oh, this game is $30. And then like story expansion one and story expansion two and three or whatever are 15 each or something. Right. It's the base price for four of the eight characters. Well, that could be kind of interesting, though, because you get through four and you're like, I just don't care anymore. And then you don't have to spend all that money. Or you get through four and then there's no ending and you're like, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> but then you get up to the $60 you're going to spend anyway. I don't know. Or do you get up to $90 at that point, right? Likely. Yeah. So, you know, it, uh, I don't really think it's a problem. I just thought it was interesting that they had to come out and say it as though like, hey, this brand new game. Uh, from a major publisher on a well-regarded system would not be $60. Right. And with this one in particular, too, you can make the argument that it's kind of eight games. Uh, My understanding is the way the game is meant to be played. You have to play each chapter eight times and however many chapters there are. So it's not like you can do one character straight through or maybe it would be really hard. Or you're not supposed to, maybe. In terms of like how the story works, but I'm going to guess if the story is dependent on you playing it eight times, I would not argue that it's eight games. I don't think the story is the same eight times though, because you're someone else. So you're not in the same places necessarily. That's what I'm trying to say is that it's a different, it's, it's part of the same experience is not a separate game. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. I got you now. Yeah, I agree with that statement. So, you know, cool. I, I'm i very interested in that game and how it is received. It has a feeling of, I don't know if you guys ever played the Saga games. No. Roman- like Romancing Saga, Saga Frontier, Mm-mm. those series of RPGs, which had, hmm, I'm not going to say it's like this because it's not really like this, but it definitely had a cast of like main characters whose stories would intertwine somewhere and meet up along the way. I was mostly left feeling like, um, I, will I find something is in this game for me to like? I, I couldn't tell. Yeah. I mean, I like I, Square. I, I like FF, you know, I like our JRPGs. I just, it seems very oddball and like one of those games that might suffer from lost in translation. Totally. I, yeah, I, I really am interested to see what the reception to the game is, uh, when it does eventually come out in full. Yeah. It reminds me of, um, another game that took that, the same idea of the multiple characters, um, where you select a few to play through, um, is, uh, Seiken Densetsu 3, the Japanese sequel to Secret of Mana that never came out in the States, uh, but it works the same way. There are eight characters, and you right off the bat, you pick three of them, and those wind up being the three that you play through the game with. Hmm. Yeah, it's definitely... 
an interesting like, the having multiple characters and like seeing things from different perspectives or whatever stuff has been done in RPGs before, but it's been I feel like quite a while since we've seen one that does this kind of way. Yeah, I think the the biggest question I have about it is when you pick one starting character, do you by the end of the game have the choice of any of the other seven to join you or are you set in with three particular others? Yeah, I I do not know. What and JJ? Yeah. Is I, magic uh, still holding your attention? Yeah, I've definitely been playing uh the that Magic the Gathering uh, arena. Uh it has been yeah, Magic is a pretty deep game, I would say, uh in terms of both mechanics and history. Sure. Uh you know, this is the 25th year of Magic I learned. Uh, so they're having kinds of celebrations and stuff uh, in their esports scene, but also uh, you know throughout the community and whatnot. And in their you know Magic holds these uh, these the Pro Tour events, uh, and one happened this past weekend, and I spent a little bit of time watching a stream of it. Uh, and they did something I definitely had never seen before that a lot of people were excited about. They did a booster draft. And that's not that unusual. I think, Andrew, uh, you have certainly played a booster draft at some point, right? Absolutely, yeah. Um, you probably roll through it real quick for people that didn't play card games, <clears throat> Michael. Sure. Uh, so a booster draft is a format where uh, you're essentially creating a scaled-down version of a full deck from just at standard card packs, right? And in Magic, you get resources so that you're not resource-blocked. Correct. Okay. So they give they give you what are uh you know lands, which are the the resource in Magic. Uh, you get to add a bunch of them to your deck uh, afterwards, so that you have you know the choice of uh, however many lands you feel like you need in your deck. Because you could create a deck of all lands if you wanted, you would just lose, but you can. Uh, and this particular that's not that interesting. Uh, you know, you open your booster, you pick a card from it, you pass it to the person next to you, and it goes around the table like that. It's done in eight man groups usually, uh, and your little pod, uh, and then you pass the you open a pack, take a card, pass it around. Uh, this was done in a slightly different format, which has its own name that is probably not worth getting into. But essentially, they open the packs one at a time and lay them all out on the table. So they open one pack, lay it out on the table. Everyone gets to see everything in that pack. And then it starts from the first person and they pick and then it goes around the table and then snakes backwards. Okay. Huh. A little bit, di a little bit different of a format, but there's a reason for it. Uh, it definitely is slower, but the reason is that you get to see all the cards and that is important because this was a draft of beta. Now for people that don't know magic, the gathering having been around for around 25 years, uh, is a very old card game. Uh, and, the sets of Magic, when they came out, were, it started with Alpha, uh, or it wasn't named anything at the time, but it came to be called Alpha. The next set they put out was called Beta. This is a very, very, very old set of sealed packs that they were opening. And in this time, this included cards that have become famous in Magic since, right? Cards like Black Lotus were possible to show up in here. Cards like the Mox uh, Ambers or the Mox Jets, the Mox uh, Emeralds, those, you know, what has become the Power Nine cards, Sheevan Dragon and that kind of stuff. Cards that they can never reprint because they're too good. <laughs> 
Yeah, cards that are are so good and so powerful that they've you know remained the best cards in Magic to this day, right? In the the format that still allows you to play them. So this is a a booster draft from a set from that long ago, and so they lay all the cards out on the table, you know, and you get to pick. And uh, it was very interesting to watch. Essentially, all these people who you know these some of these cards are worth thousands of dollars. I'm not joking. Like if you open, if they opened one of these, you know, super powerful Moxes or a Sheevan Dragon or a Time Walk or something like this, or any of the the dual lands uh, that existed back in this time, like a land that basically counted as both, like a it's both a green and a red or whatever. Some of those are worth lots and lots and lots of money because they're so rare. You know, the, this magic was not that big of a thing uh, as it is now compared to back then. So, you know, they're relatively hard to find. And in this format, you know, you can see they, they give everyone white gloves to wear. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> the referees open the packs and lay the cards out in wearing, you know, uh, the gloves on, on this beautiful little glass table. I was going to ask what the table is because they're not going to be a standard tournament table. Uh, it had like the magic logo or whatever on a nice piece of like right. center. Something they cleaned a hundred times with non-acidic something or other. Uh, it's definitely the kind of a, it's where they, uh, like a play mat kind of a thing. And, and it's the one they use on all their streams and stuff. So it like the color works well. Nice. Uh, so you can like see the top down. Um, but yeah. And you know, because if they opened a black Lotus it, in a booster draft format, the cards you pick, you keep. Right. Oh, so there's the possibility that they open a black Lotus and someone gets a $10,000 card essentially. How right? did they get, how did you get into a beta? draft how, how much do you have to pay you think uh so i assume these people were handpicked oh. uh there were there was only one right there was these eight people uh and it sounded like some of them were former magic uh pro tour players some of them were like very famous members of the community kibler. or players who've been playing for no kibler was not in it huh. he was at the event but was not in it um, you know, it's just like, you know, uh, people who have played magic more recently than Kibler, <laughs> <laughs> um, which is dumb because he was playing that weekend also. Right. But whatever. Yeah. Uh, so very interesting to watch them open these, you know, very expensive items and lay them out on the table there. And cause then you get the thing of like, oh, they opened a dual land in this pack. That's worth like $3,000. Well, it's not actually that good of a card if I want to win this tournament. <laughs> uh, but like, are you going to pick it? It's worth three thousand dollars, and the card that is good for the tournament is worth two hundred. Well, what's the grand prize of the tournament? So the grand prize was a starter deck for Alpha, uh, which also is something that is super hard to find, uh, and also could contain some of these very powerful rare cards. But has a, it's really only like. It's a set set of those cards. Okay. And then at the back, there is about like one or two boosters worth of random cards. Um, you know, but still a sealed set from alpha is also worth a lot of money by itself. Um, you know, but it, you know, do you throw you? So when you're picking your cards, do you throw your chance at winning the tournament to pick the $3,000 land? I don't know. Um, and so they did actually open a Mox Emerald uh, in the course of the draft, uh, which is one of these uh, Power 9 cards. Uh, 
and like you know then stuff like time walk showed up uh, there were a couple of dual lands uh which is it's it's very it's fun to see people who are there get so excited over cards that are you know very clearly like really old right <laughs> It was cool, you know. Um, it was a fun little event to watch. Um, you know, people can go check that out. I'm sure they have it up on YouTube or something by now. I'm amazed they were able to find enough old boosters to put together a tournament. Yeah, and I assume this just came from the vault of Wizards somewhere because, you know, this was a officially Wizards-run tournament. So Yeah, with how many times they've been bought and sold, I'm I'm surprised they still have a vault that hasn't been raided and lost. Totally. Yeah. Speaking of vaults that have been raided and lost, should we check yes. in if Zero Cool is lost in a vault somewhere? I think I'm, we should. I'm interested to hear how he's been navigating. I think that he is going to probably be wondering why the game isn't over. He uh, he thought he was at the end last time, as I recall. Right. He hasn't yeah. figured out that he's kind of in a vault. Okay, this is Zero Cool. I am back in Portal. And I just want to say I apologize for how ridiculous that last recording must have sounded because <laughs> this game is hardly over. <laughs> I've been behind the scenes for at least an hour. And I am intrigued with this world. Oh, he's hooked. What were they experimenting on? Is this... Is this all about time travel or something? This is what we all want to know. Alright, moving along, moving along. Yes. Yeah, it's nice to... Anyway, the game's hardly over. I'm still... Oh, where am I going now? Oh. I'm in a new area. It's nice to peel back the curtain once in a while on games. I think this game does a particularly good job of that effect. Whoever was leaving the stuff in the back room, I am curious as to his fate. You don't want to know? Because he doesn't seem like he's been here for a very long time, but he definitely knew. He definitely knew that the cake was a lie. Has the cake passed into just lexicon at this point? I think so. Yeah. Ambush! Oh! 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 oh. <laughs> I don't think that went well. Those chain gun robots are drag. Little turrets. They're so cute. Okay. <laughs> I like that. Chain gun robots are drag. Okay, Cute and murdery. Gotta duck out of the way really quickly. These robots will mess me up. Are you still there? Hello. You go stand over there. Oh my god, another one, another one, another one. Oh my god, stuck, stuck, stuck. Wow. <laughs> Just a hail of bullet fire. <laughs> They're not very hospitable around here. What makes you say that? Now I remember some of these rooms where you basically had to just like swoop through the open doorway and shoot a portal in passing. Over there. There were definitely a few of these rooms also where you can like 
cleverly okay. place portals to make them all well, shoot each other. These guys. Right. Or like you had that was here or later. You had to look around the corner, portal a different one way. One on each side. Yeah, yeah there were there were the rooms where you could avoid them all together if you portaled behind them. Over there. See me, I'm ducking. Duck, 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 Oh my god, I'm down. Down for the count. Jeez. This is a challenging little sequence here. Sorry. I'm sure it's fascinating to listen to. It is. I thought it is. You are correct, sir. I definitely. It keeps going. Oh no, it doesn't keep going. I just love the. The the no you failed bell there at the end each time. <laughs> yeah. The uh I definitely remember running through some of these parts carrying one of the robots in front of me being like, My shield, shoot back. <laughs> Would that work? I never even thought of doing that. I definitely did that through some parts. I don't know how well it worked. Oh. Yeah, they have a tendency to spin a little bit when you're holding them and sometimes they roll over and shoot you. Oh, yeah. okay. I always found a way to either make them shoot each other or get them to drop or get behind them or something like that. I don't recall ever picking one up. Yeah. I don't know if I was solving it the intended way in those cases. <laughs> Suppressing fire. <laughs> Very Sterling Archer. Yeah. I wonder how he would do in Portal. He'd give up H. at the John beginning. Benjamin? <laughs> no, specifically yeah. Archer, not H. John Benjamin. <laughs> oh, okay. Because you could, you know, flip burgers or, you know, he's got a repertoire. That's true. Yeah. Well, I, you know what? The frustration of that, despite it having cut off there at the end, I feel like is not still at the level of frustration we heard. And that That sounded like enjoyability, like... What is happening? Moments rather than, oh my god, not again. He didn't seem angry. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait for the next one. Oh. I hope it comes soon. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. All right. Well, if uh, people have predictions for whether Zero Cool gets through that room with or without holding a robot, where would they send those? Uh, they could send them to podcast at wewergamers.com, uh, which is our email address. They could also uh, send it to us on our social media, which uh, you should all follow, subscribe, or like whatever you do with. Uh, Facebook.com slash wewergamers or at wewergamers on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you know, follow us and subscribe to the pod on iTunes and Google Play. Leave those reviews. They are helpful. Give us those five stars. Maybe we will get cake. Ooh. I mean, honestly, just give us any kind of review, even if it's not five. Like, I think anything helps the algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, we know we deserve five. So, you know, be real. Do you think it was an algorithm that said they should make a Sonic the Hedgehog movie? Please, no. What? Why? Why? Why?